It's time for America's six favorite Georgia Bulldogs football podcast. That's right. It's the Dogs on Top, Even on Bottom podcast. Without further ado, here's Matt and Kyler with another week of reflection on Georgia Bulldogs football and poor life decisions. Welcome back. It is another week of the Dogs on Top, Even on Bottom podcast. Matt Kerr with you, and it was a week to remember. Had some excellent games, Kyler. Unfortunately, you know, I didn't get to see them all. Definitely caught that Clemson FSU game. Did not catch much of that Ohio State Notre Dame game, but certainly rewatched it. And yeah, y'all had some some really great games. Alabama, Old Miss, I felt like produced pretty good stuff, as well as you know Utah and UCLA. wasn't many explosive plays, but a good defensive affair out in Utah. Well, uh, just so much to talk about. Give it to me, Kyler. Did you did you get to watch a little bit more football than I did? And and your thoughts on the crazy weekend with so many ranked on ranked matchups? Yeah, I did get a chance to view some more games than, than I normally do in a given weekend. It was really nice. Um, you know, that twelve o'clock slot. You know, definitely had um, a, a good bit of action there with um, Clemson falling to Florida State. You know, Florida State still trying to, you know ride the ship after, you know, the last two weeks, uh, you know, poor performance against Boston College. And I, and I would say another against uh, um, Clemson there. Um, but Ohio State, Notre Dame, excellent game. Um, got to watch some of the later games and, and see Washington absolutely dismantle um, Cal. So, um, you know, it was, it was very nice to just, to, you know, be able to sit back, relax, and, and watch some of these games. Um, I know that you were having – fun out there in Vegas, but it was a great weekend for, for college football. And, um, you know, it was definitely, you know, eventful with everything going on with Oregon and Colorado there. Um, yeah, definitely a, a surprise to see Oregon manhandle them. Well, not necessarily a surprise, but, um, you know, it was interesting to see, you know, just how much they put it to Colorado. Um, yeah, it just felt like there was something more than just, you know, getting a W there. It, it meant a lot more than that to those Oregon players, it felt like. But a great weekend of football. Um, got another good weekend ahead of us. So, um, you know, college football feel it finally feels like it's in full swing and we're having, you know, action-packed weekends every weekend now. It's true. And you know how I know college football is in full swing? I came back to North Carolina and there's a crisp little chill in the air. Kyler, I don't, you know, was not expecting this and then came back and it just really, it hasn't warmed up at least today. I think we're, we've got maybe a little bit warmer weather coming later in the week, but yeah, when you feel that, feel that little, you need this when it's sweater weather, you know, it is college football time. And uh, you know, I was in Vegas. I did watch some good music, but Kyler, I also had time to to make a few make a few wagers on some college football. And I'll say I left Vegas up over down. First time I've done that. I, I've only been to Vegas once before, but I, I honestly I love it a lot more in college football seasons because I'm. Uh, not tempted to just go blow my money at the blackjack table. Instead, make some college football parlays, make some single bets, and, and then you're locked in for three hours. You know, the, the blackjack table, you're there, and it could be three hours or it could be three minutes. And uh, 
typically I'm, I'm more on the side of, of shorting than longer stays. So yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and as I say, saw some, some great acts, you know, plan to plan to do it next year. Maybe, maybe you can come out and join, get some college football and some music in, but I, I digress. Uh, this is a DOT EOB dogs on top even on bottom podcast. So let's talk a little bit about the Georgia game, 49-21 over UAB. Kyler, I know you were excited to see the offense wake up, come alive a little bit. I tend to agree with that assessment. I think that finally it felt like we opened up our playbook a little bit and seemed to get a little bit more creative a little bit more back to the Monken days of kind of getting guys and playmakers the ball and letting them do what they do. I also feel like we we stretched the field vertically too a little bit, but it just felt a little bit more like, okay, this is the Georgia offense we're used to seeing over the past few years. Um, maybe not the most flashy offense in the country, but certainly serviceable. And when you have a defense that even on a, a night where they're giving up 21 points, um, I think most nights we can expect Georgia's offense is going to do at least that amount. And so, um, yeah, not, I think a lot more to say good about the offensive side of the ball. But, you know, hey, defense, I feel like we've, we're we're getting more reps for a lot of young guys too, so that's, that's important. But uh, I, what are your main takeaways? Yeah, I mean, I was very impressed with, with how the offense uh, opened up this game, started with a lot of tempo. Um, really was impressed with, with Carson Beck's decision-making again. I, I know that one of the big knocks is, you know, not taking enough shots down the field. Um, I know we took maybe a couple down down the field, but, you know, had some longer explosive type plays in the passing game with some, with some crossing routes and stuff like that. Finding Brock Bowers out at tight end um, in the flats and some of these arrow screens was, uh, you know, pretty impressive. But, you know, I really did like that first drive, the tempo that we had kind of reminded me of how um, our rhythm was against TCU last year in the national championship. So um, you, you can see, you know, each game that this offense is progressing, that they're installing more um, more complexities to the offense, um, you know, using pre-snap motion, um, picking up the tempo, um, you know, get, getting some guys in there. But, it's uh, it was very impressive um, on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, I, for me, um, you know, yeah, the fact that we were yeah finally targeting Brock Bowers, our, our number one player on offense, was was great to see. Um, but you know, I, I'm just kind of tired of hearing people um, you know nag on uh, Carson Beck and, and Mike Bobo. I mean, those guys are doing incredible this year. I saw. Um, you know, Carson out there making several checks to, to change, you know, blocking assignments for his offensive lineman and, and whoever he pointed to, that was the guy that was coming every single time when he would point at him. So um, I feel like, he, you know, he, he does his preparation um, in the film room and, and, and knows what, you know, the tendencies are of the defenses that he's playing. Um, he knows where that check down is every single time um, and just takes what the defense gives him. These, these defenses are dropping back seven and eight players sometimes. And so, uh, you know, kind of forcing him to take the underneath stuff. And that's exactly what he's done. He's done a great job. So I um, was very impressed. But, um, you know, what was your overall take on, on the offense, um, you know, after getting a chance to go back and, and you know, watch watch everything after Vegas? 
Yeah, I, I was really impressed, as you said, by just the ability to kind of get the guys, the as I said, when I started out, just get our playmakers balls in space and let them work. Um, no more than Brock Bowers, who really, I felt like, showed a vintage Brock Bowers performance, that catch he made on the sideline where he shook two defenders, juked one, and you know took it to the house. That's just incredible. With just another play to put on his highlight reel as he – continues to make his case of being a top 10 draft pick come next season. Um, As far as uh, Carson Beck, I think he got into a rhythm more uh, than he had in the past. And I do think that this up-tempo, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't try that in Auburn to really kind of throw Auburn and especially the fans, all that, just off their game early. And especially, I mean, I think that we're content kind of playing back and letting the game come to us uh, at home. I do think that you'd have to take a bit different and a bit more killer mentality on the road because you leave a team like Auburn or sticking around seven points. All of a sudden the crowd gets really into it in the fourth quarter. We just don't want that. So I do think that maybe some of this stuff was done in preparation specifically to start, you know, road play. It's like, okay, We've really worked on the fundamentals the last few weeks. Now it's time to to work on, you know, kind of changing things up, kind of keeping the defense on their heels in turn, hopefully keeping all those fans on their heels as well. And, yeah, so I, I'm just excited, I think, to see how, how this kind of melds in, how we move forward. Was this a blip on the radar? You know, was this just being UAB as the defense we were playing? I tend to think not. I tend to think that this is just us growing, but I think that's the one thing that we'll have to see. Um, On the defensive side of the ball, I think that there were a few just mishaps um, that gave them pretty good field position. Uh, I know Makai Muse had a a pretty bad um, dropped punt, but – That's something that I think, unfortunately, when you have a dynamic player like that, he's always looking to, you know, to make that cut, to make that move. Sometimes you look a little too quick and uh, you're looking ahead instead of catching the ball. And that's, you know, that's a really difficult thing to do. But as well, uh, he does need to be a little bit more sure handed. Um, But I think that. Yeah, I mean, they certainly they they were able to drive the ball a little bit better than I would have liked. I would have wanted, but as well as I say, Tyke Smith made another great interception, um, and we were getting pressure. Um, Warren Brinson, I know, got a sack. Uh, it's not like we it's not like we weren't dynamic at times, but I do think that maybe, I, you know, I don't know. I feel like maybe something's missing in the middle on some level. Uh, if I'm being real, and that's. Tough to say because, you know, you would think that a guy like Dumas Johnson is is that guy, but maybe he's just not quite to the level of some of our other linebackers in the middle that we've had who have kind of covered up for when at times our defensive line hasn't been like the most incredible like it was last year. But I don't know. Speak to the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, a lot of those assessments with the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, definitely a big week for us to to go back to the doctor, uh, get get some things you know, fixed up. I know that uh, you know it's been two weeks in a row where um, Jamon, yeah, Dumas Johnson, Pop's been kind kind of beat out to the flats. Um, but you know, I still think he otherwise he he is still playing good ball. Um, you know, no reason to try to put anybody in over him we do have some young guys that are talented and fast that 
um, you know, can help us there in the middle. Um, really, really like what I'm seeing out of CJ Allen uh, when he gets on the field. Um, uh, you know, Xavier Sori, he's playing some in the middle, but you know, I, I don't think that you know Sori's mentally there to to be the main guy. Um, I, I want to see more of him in, in pass rushing type situations. I just feel like you know he, he was called out of position a good bit um, in this game. Um, like you said, great to see Tyke with the interception. However, you know, I, I did see him, yeah, miss a few tackles that he normally makes. I know that he'll come back stronger than ever. The kid is tough and he's a leader. So um, I, I expect him to come back, you know, um, you know, strong uh, after hitting the doctor, you know, figuring out what was going, going wrong, why, why he's missing some of these tackles. So, um, but, you know, I think that was his uh, third interception of the year. So that's pretty impressive. He, he's, you know, um, finally starting to play like the, the all American that, you know, we thought that we were recruiting a while back. So, um, yeah, great job by him. Um, and yeah, I thought that we played pretty good, uh, in, in coverage at times. Um, there were, uh, you know, I, I know Dalen Everett got picked on a little bit there, but, um, I, I like keeping Dalen Everett out there personally. Um, I think he's a solid tackler and that's extremely important, uh, limiting the number of explosives that, that you have against the defense. So um, still like rolling him out there, um, you know, really excited that hopefully we'll get, you know, Javon Bullard back at some point. I think that, that he's a pretty key part of that, um, that defense and, and making sure that we're lined up right and, and calling out plays on the back end. Um, him and Malachi are both, you know, really good leaders back there, but um, you know, I think that we also missed out on having uh Michael Williams in the game. Uh, he was, you know, a little bit sick this game. And so, um, you know, definitely affected our ability to create havoc up front and rush the passer. Um, we only had one sack on the day. Um, that was by Warren Brinson, um, who I thought had a pretty good game. Um, you know, Warren, uh, you know, has been in the, it's been in our system for quite some time and, and he's finally starting to, to flash a little bit. Um, we just got to get him a little bit better at, at finishing off some of these, um, yeah, plays in the backfield. Uh, I think he kind of lucked out into his sack this week. Uh, great job getting in the backfield, but just kind of, you know, fell into um, the quarterback, just was in the right place, right time. Um, but, uh, but yeah, overall, um, it, you know, I was just actually impressed with kind of the game plan that Trent Dilfer had um, in that offense at UAB. Um, I know that they're one and three, and, you know, I, I just actually think that um, this is going to be a good team, and they got a lot better by playing us as well on Saturday. So I, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of, of what Trent Dilfer's doing there, and I think that he had a, a pretty solid game plan in attacking us um, and, and putting together a couple of good touchdown drives. Um, I know one of them, you know, was a field position thing after you know I think it might have been a, a muff punt from Makai Muse that gave them the you know 36 or so yard um, you know put them on, on our 36. So they had just, you know, not that far to go to get a touchdown. And the other ones were, I think, 70 plus yard drives. So, um, you know, great job engineering drives. One of those was against our, um, you know, second and third teamers. So um, I don't really count that as a knock against, you know, the, the starters, but I felt like once our guys kind of settled in that they, they, they played pretty well um, on Saturday and, you know, the things that did go wrong, I, I've got full confidence that, that we can get those corrected. Agreed. And there's going to be a great test. We go on the road to Auburn, but I think it's a nice step up test where, uh, you know, Auburn's going to be a challenge, but should be 
overmatched and overwhelmed by this Georgia team in 2023. I think Hugh Freeze, as I've said before, really good coach. I, I fully expect him to uh, to get Auburn back to a level of of making these games really competitive. I don't think we're there in year one. So, um, yeah, it should be a great test. All right, Tyler. Well, instead of talking about every game from this past week, and we can maybe hit on some games that we miss, a lot of these games involved undefeated teams. And so I think as a nice little fun exercise, I want to ask you, like, do we know? So we have 21 undefeated teams. I'll step back and say that 21 as far as power five teams go. There was a few more of the uh, group of five, but we're not going to get into that uh, right now. We got 21 power five teams. I'm curious your thoughts, and we might debate on some of this, of these 21 teams, what do you know? Like, do you know 16 of them are good, 15 of them are good? I'm going to ask you about each one, and you're going to either tell me, like, I I don't know if they're good yet, I have jury still out, or yes, this team is legit, this team is a contender. Thinking about it, you know, more, and we've got TCU is a great example of this last year that no one really knew, I think, who they were four games into the season. Sure enough, they make it to the national championship game. I've got a feeling there's going to be one of these teams. I've got a feeling there's going to be a few of these teams that barely make a bowl game. Being 4-0, you got to feel confident that you get over that hump and end up getting to six, but Got a few teams on this list barely going to make a bowl game. And there are going to be a few teams on this list that are going to really surprise by the end of the year. And one of these teams at least is going to be a team we don't know about that is a 10-win team. And so I do. I think it's interesting to take a look at things right now while they're still before things have really shaken out because in the next few weeks, a lot of these teams are meeting each other, also just taking on hard tests. Um so I'm going to start with the easy ones, Kyler. Top of the list, Georgia. Yes, we could argue that maybe they haven't shown themselves entirely, but we're back-to-back national champions. We've kind of cruised to this point. I think that just with the talent we have alone in this roster, we're a good team. Uh, do you agree with that sentiment? I agree that that, you know, we can say that that Georgia's a good team. I think that, you know, due to the fact that, you know, we follow Georgia so closely and, and get to watch a lot of uh, – have watched a lot of film on them, you know, I can confidently say that um, that we are a good team. You know, when you think of players who um, are not playing well, we, we've seen them play um, well. You know, thinking of pop and stuff like that. So, um you know, I, I would put us in that, you know, we know what Georgia's about, that that they're one of the elite teams in college football right now. Yeah, there's no uh, argument there. Next team that I have uh, that I feel like has just shown a lot is Washington. Um, yes, maybe they haven't played any ranked teams, but they've just crushed everyone. And I think at the end of the season, Boise State – is going to have – we're going to look back on this and Boise State's going to be maybe an eight- or nine-win team. And I think that the bottom line is Michigan State, yes, they're in disarray, but they're a talented team. And to take it to them 41-7 feels like that's an impressive team. They're in that safe – like I think that no matter what, 
down the stretch, we're going to be talking about Washington a lot more. And I think some of this is we're going to put some of these good teams here. We're not going to talk about them too much because we know we're going to be spending later in the season talking about uh, talking about them a lot more. Now, I mean, do you agree with that Washington assessment? Um, I think that there's still some issues out there with Washington, um, especially de- defensively. You know, I got a chance to catch some of that Cal game, and you know, the game was already out of hand pretty early before Michael uh, Penix ever even touched the ball. With uh, you know, they had a defensive touchdown, had special teams touchdown, and then they had their first drive, and so. Um, but Cal was able to score some on them early. Um, but you know, the game was kind of already getting out of hand, but I think that we can objectively say that, that Michael Penix and that offense are, are good. But, um, you know, I do want to see, uh, you know, down the road when they're playing Southern Cal, some of these better offenses, see how they perform, um, in those games. But, um, I do think, you know, I do concur that they are um, going to be, you know, another one of those top elite teams. I think they're going to be fighting with the Utahs, you know, Southern Cows, Oregon's for for that top spot and uh, in in the Pac-12. And I will say, if you if you're not totally sold on them yet, it will be a couple weeks until I think you'll be truly sold on them. They get Arizona this weekend. They have to go to Arizona, but Arizona still feels like maybe a couple years in the in only a couple years into their rebuild, and they need a couple more to really get back to um, an Arizona team that was at one time not too long ago was relatively competitive under Rich Rod. I remember, you know, they at least would make bowl games and at least would be competitive in the Pac-12 and maybe give some ranked team scares, maybe beat a few ranked teams. So I don't think that's the Arizona that we're looking at right now. Then they get a bye week and then they host Oregon in what will be a massive matchup. Um, they also have in the season with four ranked games, USC, Utah, Oregon State, Washington State. So there's still going to be plenty of time. But I do think that Washington also, given that schedule, I mean, they're going to go pretty deep into the season. You'd have to expect that at the very least they're going to be like seven and one going into those last four games. Now, who knows what happens there? But. All right. So, I mean, if you're not totally sold on Washington, I mean, give me a team that you're totally sold on of these undefeateds. Um, I'm going to say that I'm sold on, on Texas. Um, I, I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, I think that Alabama's a good team, um, you know, and so the way that they were able to beat them um, and, and they've closed out some games really strong as well. And, and just really think that they have the talent out on the perimeter. Um, this new running back, I don't know his name, but you know, he, he keeps, you know, uh, tearing off big runs every single game now. Um, number 24 for them but um, looks like they're the full package there and, and you know saw some impressive things um out of their defense and i know they've got some new faces on that defense you know they've got uh jalen catalan transfer from uh arkansas was probably their best defensive player um they've got some freshmen that are that are really playing good ball as well um and, and so those guys are going to continue to develop and get better on the defensive side of the ball so i've got i've got texas as, as one of the teams that I, i'm sold on yeah, I would agree with that. I think that Texas has shown a lot. Um, they did keep Wyoming around late, but the truth of the matter is, is if we're going to talk about Georgia being a good team, then we also, you know, they've kept teams around late. So, um, you know, they closed the door. And they, as to your point, they finished really strong in that Wyoming game, obviously finished the Alabama game really strong. We're going to find out a lot more. I think this weekend they host Kansas 
um, and that dynamic offense of Kansas and a team that is, um, you know, a team that I, I don't know. Do, but, you know, speaking of Kansas, this is an unbeaten versus unbeaten. I mean, what is Kansas a team that you've sold on yet? Or do you definitely not know anything about them? And would you reserve all judgment until they meet the Longhorns this weekend? Yeah, I think it's safe to say that we can, you know, wait till they see the Longhorns. Um, you know, they, they've had a good season so far. Um, offense is, you know, very, very good. Um, defense appears to be, you know, uh, getting turnovers, uh, making some incredible plays out there. So, um, and I think that this is the, the test that, that will, um, you know, tell us whether or not they're legit. If they keep it close with Texas, you know, I'm going to, you know, go ahead and I don't be it go out on a limb and just say that they're a good squad. Um, but yeah, back up to, uh, you know, Wyoming, I feel like we're not giving them enough credit, you know, three and one on the season, only lost to Texas, um, pulled out a heroic win last week against, uh, against app. So, um, don't be sleeping on, on, on the Cowboys out there. Yeah. Although app outplayed them. That's, that's for, I, I will say, and that was in Wyoming, but you know, Hey, a win's a win. You can't, uh, you can't discount it. And yeah, I mean, Hey, Wyoming might, might do something in the mountain West this year. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna discount them, Kyler. I will discount them from this conversation though, because we're count, talking undefeated. Now, maybe the biggest game of the weekend was Ohio state, Notre Dame, uh, a very closely contested battle, Notre Dame, that 10 player fiasco, it felt like that was their game to win and they just gave it away. But I will say Ohio state, we know they have a talented offense. Uh, they showed a lot of grit and determination in that game to, you know, stick through and resolve to the very end and get that win. Uh, it was, and it was like a gutty performance. And the bottom line is teams are going to have to do things like that. Uh, that's we've seen games like that for every team. And, I will say, you know, we heard about Lou Holtz and all that, you know, hullabaloo, but I think that he was kind of on point in, in the fact that, like, Ohio State, when tested, when hit in the mouth, unless they get hit in the mouth by, I'm pretty sure they had, like, a game like this against Northwestern last year, and it's like, well, Northwestern's not all that good. They kind of played a similar game, I guess, against Notre Dame, but Notre Dame wasn't all that good. They finally got a test against – uh, a couple good teams in Michigan and in Georgia, and they get hit in the mouth and they really couldn't respond. So I, I don't know. Um, this Ohio State team, especially on defense, does seem to have turned another leaf, though, over. Um, offensively, I think the jury's still out, but we just we know the talent is there. And so I'm going to put them in that they're, they're a really good team and that they're going to be, you know, th- they're going to have something to say before the playoff ends. I agree. Uh, I'm I'm sold on Ohio State. I think that they are, um, you know, they're one of the more talented offenses out there. Um, I think that uh, Kyle McCord um, is going to get better each and every week. And, and you know, the, you know, not saying this is the year that they beat you know their rival in Michigan, but um, you know they're they're going to be in the discussions of playoffs. Um, you know, for the Big Ten championship. Uh, they always are. I mean, it's a very top-heavy conference, especially their side of the conference. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, Travion Henderson, Marvin Harrison, Emeka Ibuka, um, you know, there's just so much talent um, on that team. And, and and like you said, the the defense seems to have turned a corner. Um, 
went on the road, played, you know, Notre Dame. Um, Sam Hartman uh, has been having a terrific season. And, you know, we're able to, you know, limit what they were able to do offensively. So, um, you know, that, that, that bodes well for them and, and the future of, uh, you know, this team um, this year for, for the Buckeyes. So um, I, I'm sold on them. I think they're going to be around, um, you know, when, when December comes. Yeah, I, I think so too, whether or not, what no matter what happens in that Michigan-Ohio State game, I think Ohio State may still be in the playoff when it's all said and done. Uh, but speaking of which, I mean, you mentioned two other teams in the East being in the East being kind of stacked, and those are where the other two undefeateds remain in the Big Ten in Michigan and Penn State. And there is one other team actually in the Big Ten, but I'm going to save them. I think the real contenders are Michigan and Penn State. Penn State, big win over Iowa, 31 to nothing. I don't know if it speaks more to Penn State's defense or Iowa's uh, offense, but the bottom line is I think a lot of people were expecting that game to be at least somewhat close, and Penn State put it to bed pretty early. And so – I put Penn State as a good team. I think that they've got a good defense. I think that they've got a good quarterback in Aller. And, uh, you know, the bottom line is the I think that if they can shore up some things, run defense especially, they really have the opportunity to maybe even knock off both Ohio State and Michigan. Uh, were you impressed by that win against Iowa? Do you think that they're legit? Um, I mean – I'm impressed with, with Penn State in general. Um, beating beating Iowa doesn't necessarily um, impress me, but being able to put up points um, against Iowa is is the one aspect of that game that I thought was impressive. Um, being able to score on, on, a, on a defense like Iowa, so um, I think that this is uh, their year to, to to make a move and, and potentially jump either Michigan or Ohio State and um, you know make a statement this year. Um, I, I love both of their running backs, Katron Allen, Nick Singleton. Both are um, just hard-nosed runners, um, and uh, they, they've both had you know good years so far. Um, you know, Aller, this is his you know first first year being the guy um, there at, at Penn State, and, and you know I, I've been you know, I was a big fan of him coming out of high school, and and now that he's finally. In the limelight, I think that he he's answering the bell and is you know going to have a good season. Um, and then, like you said, the the defense there is quality. So um, Penn State is a legit contender. And while we're on the topic, the other six hundred pound elephant in the room, Michigan, uh, you know, haven't really played much of anyone, and this is a team I do have some questions about. Uh, I I don't think that. I mean, I, I think that they're similarly composed and constructed to previous years, but I think, you know, it makes them beatable. We saw them lose to TCU, and I just – I don't know. I mean, I guess that this team is like steady Eddie. They're not – but I, I don't feel like this team has improved much from last year. I don't feel like – I don't know. But but I also feel like that's still good enough to possibly win the Big Ten. So – um, I, I, I think that they're a team that I want to see play somebody actually, but as well, um, they're a team that I think will, uh, will be around till the late, late stages of the season. Yeah. I mean, Michigan, I, I do think that they are much improved on defense. I mean, by big 10 standards, they were good last year, probably the year before too, but, 
Um, you know, when it comes to playing the elite offenses, you know, they you know, aren't able to hold teams under under 10 points like they have so far this season. But I do think that, um, you know, that they're going to be a good team um, this year. But, you know, I do want to see them get, get some quality opponents before I give them the, the full stamp of approval. But you know, defense does appear, appear to be playing well. They do have – I think they have an upgrade at quarterback. Um, maybe. <laughs> I, I was sold on J.J. McCarthy until he had a, a three-interception game against uh, – maybe I think it was Bowling Green that he threw three picks against. So, um, And they were bad picks too. It wasn't like hit the – hit their players' hands and then, you know, got tipped up and they got an interception. No, he, he wasn't reading. It was a, it was a J- Jalen Milrow um, kind of outing. So, um, you know, he, he definitely needs to improve. He can't have those kind of games. You know, maybe it was just, you know, an off day for him. But, you know, having him be the guy um, and Cade not be splitting snaps with Cade McNamara, I think that's going to do, um, you know, only improve him just having that comfortability getting the number one snaps. So, um, but do want to see them play a quality opponent. Um, I know they got you know, Penn State um, down the line a little bit, so they've got some time to develop before they you know really hit the meat of their schedule. Yeah, Kyler. I mean, this. <laughs> I mean, listen to this Michigan lineup. They play at Nebraska this weekend. They play at Minnesota, then Indiana at home at Michigan State versus Purdue before getting at Penn State, at Maryland, and versus Ohio State. I mean, this is a team that could be 9-0, and and we could not know anything more about than we do right now. <laughs> um, just, I mean, that's, that's, that is one of the weakest schedules that you're going to see uh, from any team in contender. And that's also, I think, on some level that, like, Maryland's – or not Maryland, uh, Michigan's room for error is very little, but – We'll have to see. I mean, I think the bottom line is they definitely are going to be there um, in the late stages of the season just due to their schedule at the very least. I mean, even if they lose one of these games, I I would find it crazy for them to lose of the Nebraska, Minnesota, Indiana, Michigan State, Purdue games more than one. So, I mean, you think that at least they're walking into the final three games of the season at eight and one and – you know, possibility of knocking off Penn State, Maryland, and Ohio State. So, but I did have a little bit of a slip of the tongue because actually the next team that was on the, my mind was the Maryland Terrapins. They're the other team in the East lurking that is undefeated. And, Kyler, this is an interesting team. This is a team, once again, that we might not know uh, much about this weekend. They play Indiana. Uh, and then they go to Ohio State, but I, I don't know. This team feels like they're a little improved from the previous seasons. Feels like, um, you know, you've got Tua's brother, Talia, there, and maybe this is his his year as uh, as a senior to to bring the Terrapins to be the dark horse upset playoff uh, playoff contenders. Uh, probably not, but. I don't know. I think Maryland could be a nine or ten win team. I, I think, I think nine wins is at least you know doable. There are other games on their schedule behind Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan is Northwestern, Illinois, Nebraska, and Rutgers. So I don't know. I think nine wins would be a great season. I think they possibly could get ten too. Yeah, I mean they're they're on the cusp of uh, you know kind of breaking through as well. Um, similar to, to, to Penn State. Um, I know Penn State's kind of lurked around a little bit more than than they have, but 
Um, you know, Talia, I think he's a talented quarterback. Um, that you know, DMV area, they do a great job recruiting that that part of the, the world and um, have brought in a good amount of talent. Um, so, uh, but I, you know, still not sold. Um, I do want to see them go toe to toe with Ohio State um, on uh, not this weekend, but next weekend. I think that you know that that'll answer a lot of questions whether this this Maryland team is is worthy of all the praise um, that they've been getting so far. But um, so far, you know, what I've seen out of this Maryland team, I've really liked. Yeah, I, I have too. I mean, they they've won soundly. That's the bottom line. They beat Towson. Not much is saying anything. That's a D, you know, Division One AA school, thirty eight six. Then they beat Charlotte, thirty eight twenty. Virginia, forty two fourteen, and Michigan, thirty one nine. I mean, they're just taking care of business. Um, so we're gonna have to wait and see, but at least that that can be said. Uh, now, I'll let you choose the next team, Kyler. Uh, to, you know, what's the next team that you want to talk about next undefeated? Yeah, I want to talk about Duke. Um, I'm, I'm actually sold on them. Um, you know, I, I think that not as sold on their offense as I am their defense. I mean, I know Riley Leonard's a, you know, a quality player that protects the ball. Um, but, you know, honestly, like, I mean, you know, they, they did pretty well against uh, – that offense did at least um, – did well against Clemson. You know, obviously they um, held them to seven points. The defense play played really well. But I think that this defense is going to keep them in any game that they play this year. And so um, I, I'm excited to, to, to see them, um, you know, hopefully uh, yeah, continue to climb the ranks um, this year. But I think this is, a, you know, a special year for Duke and, and a way to put them on the map. I mean, they're playing to, you know, bring this, uh, you know – program you know back to to, to relevancy so uh, but but I, i'm actually quite sold on them and what i've seen so far out of this team um you know definitely want to see them in a tougher kind of environment um and, and kind of see how they respond but um right now I, I'm, I'm on the on the duke bandwagon man a uh, big fan yeah i i've got to agree i think that they They've proven themselves, and I think it's like they've proven themselves by a few things. I think, first off, as much as we love dogging Clemson, I don't think Clemson is terrible. I I think Clemson honestly could end up as a 10-win team this year. Um, I know that, uh, you know, I I don't know. We'll see. I think, you know, they could also end up as a 7-win team, uh, easily possible, but I, I I think that they're not a bad team, and Duke took it to them. And then they backed it up, and they beat Lafayette 42-7, Northwestern 38-14, UConn 41-7. And I think that UConn game especially, like they're going on the road. It's an early kickoff. They could have easily slept walk in knowing that they have Notre Dame, like the bright lights, maybe the biggest game at Wallace Wade Stadium since the Rose Bowl was played there some like 70 years ago. And uh, yeah, I mean, they, they have risen to the occasion every week. And I think that that's, that's, that is indicative of a really good team is a team that does not play down to other teams. They just, yeah. And so I, I, I agree. I really like Duke and I think we're going to find out a lot against Notre Dame I think they're actually getting Notre Dame in a really good spot because Notre Dame's coming off a, an emotional loss. They're going to have a lot depleted. It feels like Duke should come in pretty like jacked and just in a good place mentally. 
uh, ready for this game. Um, but I don't know. You know, it's always tough to get up and play these like blue bloods. Uh, that Clemson game, first game of the season, maybe they snuck up on them. But we're going to find out everything, I feel like, this weekend. And um, it's going to be crazy, crazy to think, Kyler. But, you know, Duke, Duke has Notre Dame, then a bye. Then they play NC State at home. Then they go on the road and play Florida State. I mean, there is a there is a possibility that we could have a top 10 matchup in – almost November between Duke and Florida state that will be, you know, one of the marquee matchups of the season. Um, so in a lot of ways at this point too, because of Notre Dame's loss to, to Ohio state, I, I don't know. I, you know, I know that one of our, uh, our listeners in VD, our friend is a Notre Dame fan, but your brother's a Duke guy. So I just I want it to be a good game is the bottom line. I think it will be. And I, I don't know. I do kind of feel like Duke might have that Momo right now, but we're going to have to see. Um, let's let's stick in the ACC and let's talk about maybe Duke's hated rival, the North Carolina Tar Heels. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, Kyler. I know that they barely beat App, but this Tar Heel team feels like that they've they've got some some momentum themselves, uh, and they get a bye week this week. Then they welcome Syracuse to town, and then welcome Miami and Virginia. They get three straight home games, um, and really, you know, get a, like basically are playing at home their next five of their next six games, I think, and then. I have to go on the road at Clemson and NC State to end the season. But, yeah, I mean, this seems like a pretty manageable schedule, and it does seem like they might have enough complementary play on the offensive and defensive side this season where they're going to be pretty good. But I I don't know. Do you disagree or or do you agree with that scenario? I mean, I I like what I've seen so far um, from this team. I think going into Charlotte and and getting a win against, uh, you know, a a pretty good, you know – quarterback and Spencer Rattler. I know the rest of his team's not really there for him, but um, I thought that was an impressive win. Um, you know, I didn't like see them uh, give up so much to, to app, but um, still a win. Nonetheless, you got to win those tough games as well. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm sold on Drake May, um, but definitely want to see, uh, see them against, you know, some, some ranked opponents get, get a little bit more, um, you know, have a challenge out there, but the way that the schedule sets up for them, you know, having these next three at home, you know, and then they go to Georgia Tech, Campbell is obviously a, a win there. I mean, it, it's gonna, it's quite feasible that, you know, if, if they win these next two at home, you know, they're going to land a, you know, another marquee matchup uh, with Duke, um, you know, down, down the road after that Campbell game. So, um, you know, I think that we'll, we'll know more about them, you know, after this little home stretch, but. Um, so far, you know, I, you know, I think that they're going to be one of the teams at the top of the ACC, um, competing with uh, with Duke and and Florida State for for that title. Yeah, well, I think you've mentioned it, Florida State. That's a team that I, I think I at least think is good. Uh, I know that they've had some some close wins recently against BC and Clemson, but I think the BC game is a little bit of a head scratcher. The Clemson game makes a little bit more sense on the road. As I've said, I don't think Clemson's a terrible team. So 
Um, I think it was a gutty win, a gutsy win. But, uh, yeah, I do think that Florida State's got to correct some stuff because uh, they get into these scenarios and only you only see once in a blue moon where there's a team like TCU that you're down in the second half in like 10 games and somehow come back. Um, so the bottom line is Florida State needs, I think, to be a little bit more decisive, but – as well, I think that their schedule does kind of pan out in a way that, um, that yeah, I mean, they get Virginia Tech to kind of get things right, Syracuse and then Duke, uh, Wake Forest, Pitt, and then Miami, North Alabama, Florida. Uh, there's definitely some pitfalls in that schedule, but all, as well, um, definitely a lot of games kind of like a cadence to it where they don't have a ton of like really tough games back to back to back to back. So um, it's a manageable schedule. I, I don't know. Do you do you have doubts about the Seminoles now or do you think they're going to be right there? I mean, the, the way that they've been playing at home um, has been very convincing. Um, you know, that uh, that Southern Miss game, I mean, I think Southern Miss is a, is a pretty good team, and, and to throw up 60-plus on them, that, that's very impressive. Um, yeah, Jordan Travis, he, he's he's a great quarterback. Um, they've got, you know, a couple good running backs as well. Um, and then, you know, at receiver, this uh, this new guy, Keon Coleman, man, he, he's, he's the real deal out there. Uh, Michigan State transfer. But um, – and the defense is, is talented – but I just think that they've had some um, some issues on the road. Um, I don't really know, you know, what that's specifically about. Um, you know, with with Boston College, I mean, they did have that game in hand, but just kind of you know slowly let them back in. So I, you know, I've got a little bit more, I guess, forgiveness for that. Yeah, you know, to kind of they they just kind of took the took their foot foot off the gas a bit, um, you know, in that game. But you know, Clemson was you know could have won that game. Um, they they had every every shot in the world to, to make that happen. But, um, you know, Florida state, you know, like good teams do ended up making some big time plays, had a massive, um, you know, fumble, fumble recovery for, for a touchdown, um, to, to really kind of change the, the, the momentum and tide of that game. But, um, you know, I, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, say that they are legit and that, you know, I, I am sold on them. Two more teams to talk about in the ACC. One team I'm more leaning more to being sold on than not sold. The other team, quite frankly, I I have no idea about. Um, the team that I'm more leaning towards being sold on is Miami. Um, and that's due to their pretty dominant win over Texas A&M. And then you look at their other games. They haven't really played many teams, but like Miami of Ohio, who ended up beating Cincinnati, they beat 38-3. to They played Bethune-Cookman, beat them 48-7, and then beat Temple 41-7. I think they've got a good defense, and I think they've got a really good offense. And I, I don't know. They're, they're a dark horse team. Uh, and once again, they play Georgia Tech, they play at Carolina, then Clemson, Virginia, NC State, Florida State, Louisville, Boston College. I think any number of these four teams that we mentioned, Duke, UNC, Miami, and Florida State, could get hot and just and run the table. Like, I don't think that there's – like, I think that's a little bit more difficult in the Pac-12, which we'll talk about those teams because – well, a few more of those teams because they're just like – it's kind of a gauntlet. There's a lot of really good teams, whereas a lot of these schedules, it's like 
all right, you beat UNC, you beat Florida State, and maybe you have to beat Florida State again uh, in Clemson thrown in there at home. Like, that's that's manageable, that's doable, uh, versus, like, somebody having to go play Washington State, USC, Oregon, Utah twice or something like that is a much more difficult task. But uh, I don't know. Do you, Where do you fall with Miami? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm not sold on Texas A&M being a quality win just yet. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not sold on Miami yet. I do want to see more out of uh, out of this team. Um, you know, I know they got UNC coming up pretty soon, so that should be a, a good good matchup there. Um, you know, honestly, Georgia Tech, I mean, I think that they can struggle a little bit with them too. So um, I, I'm not sold on them. Um, I, I definitely want to see more out of this Miami team um, and, and prove themselves. Um, I know it was a big win against A&M, but – you know, A&M's had their issues, you know, and them going on the road you know, to Miami, I think that was just too much for, for you know, those players to handle. Um, so, but yeah, uh, Miami, I, I want to see more. Not sold yet. All right. Well, a team that I think we'll both agree on that we're definitely not sold on yet is Louisville. That's the other undefeated team in the ACC. And, I mean, you look – I mean, they did beat Murray State 56 uh, nothing. So, hey – give it up for that but they beat georgia tech 39 34 and i don't think georgia tech's a very good team they beat indiana 21 14 i don't think indiana's like some unbelievable team they beat boston college they actually did play pretty well against boston college beat them 56 28 but um they're about to go on the road play nc state this weekend on friday night we will find out something, although I'm really not sold on NC State as being very good, especially after their close call at Virginia the week before. And then I think the real thing is they play then Notre Dame. And so if they beat NC State and go undefeated, and especially if Notre Dame loses to Duke this weekend, actually, no matter what, I think Notre Dame crushes Louisville. But, um, you know, thinking to teams that could end up being like, Six and six at the end of the year, seven and five. Louisville seems like a very good candidate. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that they really lucked out from, uh, you know, a poor schedule so far. I'm definitely not sold on them. I'm actually not even in the really the boat of saying that they have the potential to, to be legit. I'm, I'm leaning towards that this is not um, – you know, an elite team, definitely not sold on them. Um, I do think that they go into Raleigh, beat, beat NC State. Um, I think this is one of the worst years I've seen from NC State in a while. Um, so very much not sold on, on, on the pack at all, but um, also not sold on, on Louisville, man. Um, but I did want to ask, man, before, um, you know, completely um, forget about them, um, thoughts on Syracuse. Do you think that they're um, – going to be a, uh, a contender or are you sold on them? Kind of want to, you know, get, get, get a feel for how you, uh, you know, what you think about the orange. Yeah, Kyler. I actually looked back and was like, Oh, I totally forgot about the orange. That is they, yeah, they're a sneaky team. I, I kind of have them. Uh, listen, I'm more sold on them than I am on Louisville. I think, I think that they, you know, anytime you've got a guy who's played quarterback for you for multiple seasons and has been a pretty consistent performer, that's a huge thing in your favor. And Syracuse has it and Garrett Schrader, 
uh, really great quarterback. Um, and I think they've got a pretty good defense too. Now you look at their wins and nothing like pops off the page. I don't think Purdue's a very good team. Army is a tough team to play against. So like, I don't, you know, 29-16, I don't hold that against them. They dominated Western Michigan. I don't think Western Michigan's very good this year, though. So, I don't know. I mean, we're about to find out uh, a little something because I think that they host Clemson this weekend. And so, I really think that's going to be a – that's going to be a huge game for for both teams, quite frankly. Uh, I kind of lean towards Clemson on some level in this game. Um, I know that we're actually picking Syracuse plus six and a half, but I I don't know. I I feel like Clemson – I go back and forth, actually, Kyler, a lot on this game. I think it's going to be a really, really close game, but I just feel like Syracuse – I just feel like they're, I don't know, maybe a step behind Maryland. I feel like they're always there. Uh, this is like their third straight season starting 4-0, but they just, I don't know, they just don't feel, it doesn't feel like they're going to get over that hump this year, quite quite over it. 8-4, and 9-3, and three, which is really good, I, I feel like, for Syracuse, but I don't think that they're like a legit team. But I don't, do you see it differently? I kind of agree with a lot of your sentiments. Um, you know, the big fan, though, uh, of Garrett Schrader, um, you know, awesome uh, Mississippi State transfer, got to, I think, get a little bit of tutelage from uh, Mike Leach, RIP, before, uh, you know, he left the earth and everything. So, um, but but he's he's a real ballsy guy. Like, you know, some of his fakes, you know, ha- he got his back to the defense and just – you know, has some big cojones. I remember he had, you know, a play at at um, at Mississippi State where, you know, he was diving for the end zone and just did a complete, like, kind of sideways somersault, got absolutely twisted around. And so, um, you know, I'm I'm sold on, on Garrett Schrader and his toughness, but, you know, when it all comes full circle and, and you know, now that they're kind of in the meat of their schedule – I think that we're, we're going to see, you know, some teams start to chip away at them and get some W's against them. So, no, not not sold to have them in that elite tier, but you know, like you said, kind of below um, Maryland there, um, kind of in the middle of the pack of the ACC, maybe the top of the middle of the pack. Um, this was where I have Syracuse, but you know, this program continues to improve, and, and you know, uh, it's going to be an interesting game against Clemson. Um, you know, Clemson has to go up to the Carrier Dome and and, and see what they can do up there. Yeah, and I'll say I think really what's as much pushing uh, Syracuse as anything is their schedule. I've talked about the ACC being very manageable. Well, their next three games are Clemson at home, but then they have to go on the road to North Carolina and then go on the road at Florida State. That's a pretty murderer's row of three games. Then after that, they get a bye at Virginia Tech, Boston College, Pitt, Georgia Tech, Wake Forest. It's just, man, I wish they could have split up those games maybe amongst the schedule because it's like, I will say, if they can somehow manage these next three games, then it seems like they're going to be basically like home free to to certainly win the, you know, to win the ACC or at least play for the championships. But, I mean, that's a huge ask having to beat Clemson, followed by North Carolina, followed by Florida State, no buys. Um it's it's tough, but you know, hey, if they do it, they certainly are are contenders. I don't think they will. I think if they get one of three of those games, they should be really happy, and they could honestly, 
they they have a legitimate shot at a 10-win season at least, which I, I don't know if that – I mean, it, it could honestly, you know, if they get one of those three games, 10-2, and two, I mean, two losses, it's easily possible that in the tiebreaker they could make it to the final championship. But I don't think that's going to happen. And quite frankly, if I'm being real, I think they might knock off Clemson. We'll see. But then I could see them losing one of those last like six, five games to VT, Boston College, Pitt, Georgia Tech. I, yeah, I, I agree with your sentiments. They're going to be like a high level. They're not going to be um, totally middle of the pack, but I think they are going to be a step below that real top tier of Duke, UNC, Florida State, maybe Miami mixed in that mix too. They'll be right below that, maybe fifth, sixth place, just depending. Um, but – Let's move on and let's talk about the teams we haven't spoken on in the SEC. And kind of surprising, Kyler, the other two teams, at this point there is zero. That's right, zero. No teams in the West are undefeated. Uh, that's almost as surprising as, as hearing these next two teams that are still undefeated. We got Missouri and we got Kentucky. And I think Missouri – at least from my perspective, is a pretty legit team. Now, they've played close games. Uh, Middle Tennessee, not not the best opponent, only won 23-19. But Kansas State, I think a really, really good team. They beat 30-27. And then Memphis, who's a pretty good team, they beat 34-27. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of similar to maybe Florida State, hey, you keep playing close games like this and you're going to get burned. But as well, uh, you can't scoff at Kansas State at that Kansas State win. Like there's just no – there's no avoiding the fact that that's a really, really good win. Um, and so why don't you start – talk about Missouri. Yeah, Missouri, I mean, out of those two teams, uh, between Kentucky and, and Missouri, I mean, you got to give the nod to Missouri, but – um, I'm still like I don't know how they beat Kansas State. I thought, I thought Kansas State is, is just a was a lot better team, but they they found a way to pull it out, um, and, and so that's what good teams do. Um, they find ways to, to um, you know pull out wins. But um, you know Missouri, I, you know they do have some talent on that team. Um, you know the St. Louis area, they do a great job recruiting there. Um, Luther Burden is. is you know, a product of that St. Louis area, and, and he's you know probably one of the better receivers in the entire country. I'd put him probably right behind um, Marvin Harrison, maybe. But um, you know, so far, you know, I I like what they've done. The last two wins, at least for me, have been impressive. Um, it was a dogfight um, against Memphis, but um, it's you know the the Bulldogs very well know it. that is a tough, tough place to play, but. Um, you know, they got to, you know, go on the road this year and, and play the dogs. And so um, I think that we're more than more than ready to, you know, uh, return the favor, give them a, a difficult atmosphere and make that really tough on them. But, um, you know, so far, I mean, I, I can't say that I'm sold on Missouri, though. I just can't do it. Just can't do it yet. I want to see them, you know, uh, you know, play on the road in some, you know, in some different atmospheres, see if they have that same, you know, kind of will to win um, that they do in Columbia. Well, they've got a really tough road atmosphere this weekend. They're going to Vandy. 
obviously we know Vandy, one of the best home atmospheres in the country. No, I, I think, um, you know, we might find something out uh, at Kentucky. Uh, they, you know, they really don't have many road games. That's the one thing. It looks like they only have four true road games, games within the conference. Everything else they played, although that Memphis game was a technically a game in a neutral site. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, we might, we're going to find out a lot more when they host LSU in just a couple weeks. That's going to be a really interesting game. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, we will find out something when they go on the road as well. But all right. Um, let's talk about Kentucky, Kyler. Uh, this is another team that I feel like is really, what is this team? You know, I, I think that Devin Leary there, they're not like, I, I don't think they're a bad team, not by any means. And yes, they've won pretty soundly against everyone they faced. That said, they really haven't faced anybody. Ball State, East Kentucky, Akron, Vandy. They host Florida this weekend before we host them the next weekend. We're going to find something out. I, I mean, what do you think? Do you expect Kentucky to be undefeated going into even next week? Um, I honestly don't. Um, I think that they drop a game to Florida um, this weekend. I think Florida goes up there. Uh, it, they usually have a pretty crazy game, those two. Um, but – Definitely not sold on Kentucky at this point in the season. Haven't really, um, you know, they just haven't played anybody yet for me to be like, okay, you know, we know that this team is legit. You know, I think that a win over Florida, a convincing win, would, would maybe put them in that category for myself as a team that, that has arrived and, and that is, uh, you know, a contender um, in the East. But um, at this point, um, I, I can't get behind them. Still, still, still got a lot to figure out about Kentucky. I tend to agree. I, I want to see – I'm curious how they play um, on offense against Florida. I think Florida's defense is pretty good. I think Kentucky's got a pretty good defense. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a fascinating matchup against two teams that are both on our schedule. Um, I tend to agree. I tend to think that Florida's probably going to win that one, but we'll have to see. We will have to see. I think it's that one-point spread is – indicative of how close that game I think will be Kentucky favored by one, but I think it could go either way. And, and I do think it's going to ebb and flow. It's not going to be a game that's just determined in the first quarter. Uh, Now let's just, before we move on, there is one more team to talk about. We talked about Kansas and Texas and only one other team right now is undefeated in the big 12. And that is Oklahoma. Oklahoma is a team that, quite frankly, I am not sold on. Um, And I am like, I think that they've got it figured out. I think they're much better and much improved than the previous year. But they, you know, they didn't have like that impressive of a win at Cincinnati. And I feel like Cincinnati's a team that I'm not sure how good or how bad they really are. Um, That's a team that could end up being, you know, not having many wins this season. I could see them ending up low on the totem pole. You know, their one win against a Power 5 team is a 27-21 win at Pitt, and Pitt's not very good this year at all. So who knows, Kyler, honestly. Um, it's it's hard to tell, but I do think that um, – I do think that this Oklahoma team uh, – 
yeah, it's really just hard to tell. I think they have talents there, but we really need to see them play somebody who actually is worth a damn to kind of get a better understanding. And we're going to find that out in just a couple of weeks in the Cotton Bowl uh, when Texas and them meet for the old Red River rivalry. But are you sold on on Oklahoma? Um, I think that this is going to be one of the better defenses that they've, that they've had in quite some time. Um, I think that Venables is finally starting to, um, you know, get these guys playing, uh, you know, that elite level of defense, the way that he, you know, like a lot of the defenses that he coached at, uh, at Clemson. So, um, but, you know, obviously haven't really played, um, you know, many great defenses yet. Um, you know, I would argue that Cincinnati probably is the best defense that they've played. Um, didn't really light up the scoreboard scoreboard in, in, in that affair. But, um, you know, like you said, uh, the Red River shootout this year, that, that's going to be a telltale sign of, uh, you know, whether Oklahoma has arrived or if they're, you know, still trying to get back to the old Stoops days. We will see. Just two weeks away on that game. Now, Kyler, we just have four more teams to talk about all – belonging to the Pac-12. We got Oregon, we got Utah, we got Washington State, and we got USC. If you were to rank those four teams, why don't we do this? If you were to rank those four teams uh, one to four right now, how would you rank them and why? Very, very good question. Very good question. Um, Because, man, I mean, literally the teams that we're talking about, maybe outside of Washington State, you know, could be just a dead even tie for me, um, all of them. But I'm going to go with Oregon um, as my number one. Um, that's because Bo Nix, a lot of experience, played a lot of big-time ball, and now he's got a defense to back him up. Um, I think that they're going to be the Pac-12 champions. Really love the intensity of Dan Lanning and, the, and you know, how he, he's a great motivator of men, great person too. Um, just really, really, um, have been impressed with Oregon, obviously, you know, winning on such a big stage, the way that they did against Colorado, that was amazing. So, um, I'm going with Oregon at, at, at number one, um, man, it's like picking straws right now for, for Washington and USC, um, for myself. Um, I'm going to go with USC, give the nod to the, to the high, you know, defending Heisman champion, Heisman winner and, and Caleb Williams. Um, some of the things that they can do offensively are just absolutely insane. Um, they, I mean, Caleb Williams is probably the best quarterback prospect that I've seen. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say my entire life um, at the college level. Um, you know, Mahomes, you know, didn't really get the shine on this kind of stage at uh, at Texas Tech, but he's the best college college quarterback I can remember. Um, And so then after that, uh, I'll give the nod to who I'm going to give it to Washington um, over Utah. Um, The reason I'm doing that is the play of their offense and um, Michael Penix. They do have a lot of really good athletes on that team. Um, Still see some similar issues that I see with USD um, on the defensive side of the ball. They've really got to tighten up if they want to win a championship. Um, or even win their conference. Um, and then after that, I've got, I've got Utah, um, incredibly strong defensive team. Um, you know, 
similar to, to Oregon. They just don't have the offense quite yet. Now, I can move Utah up um, Yeah, later on in the season. I reserve that right, you know, once Cam Rising comes back. But, you know, I, I thought it was an impressive win nonetheless against uh, um, UCLA. Um, you know, really think that UCLA is a talented team. And, uh, you know, throw off that freshman quarterback, um, Dante Moore, for um, for UCLA the way that they did, I thought was, was very commendable and, and – you know, they're going to be a contender at the end of the year. They always are, I feel like, in the Pac-12. So, And then I've got Washington State there, um, who who is impressive in their own right. Um, not to try to sell them short. I mean, I just think this is the most stacked conference, the most stacked Pac-12 that we've seen uh, maybe ever. So, um, but yeah, I've got, I've got Washington State, um, you know, just nipping at, at everybody else's heels right now um, out of that top tier. But I still think that's an extremely quality opponent. Great win last week against Oregon State. Um, you know, beat Wisconsin earlier in the season as well. So they're uh, they're, they're legit too. Um, so yeah, um, Cougars are looking to make a splash and, and surprise some folks this year. Yeah, Kyler. I, and you know, I think one thing that should be mentioned is the schedules. And you look at Washington State; they get a bye this weekend. They go to UCLA versus Arizona and then play at Oregon at Arizona State versus Stanford at Cal, Colorado at home, Washington on the road. Uh, yeah, I mean, those Oregon and Washington games on the road seem like uh, very difficult to win those games. But every other game on that schedule is is highly winnable. You flip the script and you look at what, Oregon schedule is they have to play at Stanford, they get a bye, then they have to play at Washington, Washington State at home, at Utah, Cal at home, versus USC at Arizona State, versus Oregon State. So uh, the the difference in scheduling in the Pac-12 really can make maybe a difference and could make or break. And I think that you know Washington State pulls an upset, let's say over Oregon. And I mean, they really are in an absolute driver's seat to to get to, um, you know, to get to the Pac-12 championship. Uh, I think Utah, it's going to be huge this weekend. Um, they go on the road to Corvallis. Obviously, Oregon State reeling. They kind of felt like they were a dark horse themselves, and they're a really good team. They're one of those one-loss teams in the Pac-12 that's that's solid, along with uh, you know UCLA. I mean, what do you think? Do you think Utah gets that win this weekend without Cam Rising? I do. I do think that they they do get the win. They just they're they're a great team, and they they find ways to win ball games. Um, their defense is elite, and so um, I think that's going to give DJU some problems. Um, DJU, um, you know, when he's gone against good defenses um, in the past, he, he's really struggled. So um, you know, I, I think that that. Um, Utah, you know, goes into Corvallis and and comes out with a W this weekend. Well, if they do, you know, they get a, a little bit of a reprieve. They get a bye weekend, and then they get Cal before going on the road and taking on USC and Oregon and back to back weeks. Um, they get Oregon at home. If that was confusing, but like it, the bottom line is that 
yeah, I think this game is really incumbent. And then I think that Cam Rising, you have to expect, probably will be back in almost a month now uh, for the USC game. I'm like, he's already splitting reps and things. So uh, there's a definitely, I think they get him back and it's a whole different, you know, it's a whole new ball game. Um, and then USC, I think, kind of is going to run up maybe against the same problem as Oregon. I think they're the two best teams of those four that we mentioned. But the problem is that both those teams have the most difficult schedules too. I mean, USC goes on the road to Colorado. We kind of know what Colorado is. You got Arizona at home, but then they have to go on the road and play Notre Dame. They're at home against Utah, at Cal, at home against Washington, then on the road at Oregon at home against UCLA. I mean, you look at those games and, you know, if you really want to include Colorado maybe in the mix just due to the fact that um, Arizona State kind of kept it somewhat close, I mean, there's there's only two games that are just surefire wins and, and, and you know, Oregon's that same way. So I think that's the fascinating thing to keep an eye on. Uh, but as well, too, teams will fall off. Uh, teams get deflated. They lose a couple games. Um, and yeah, and it, you know, some of these games are not as difficult as once as what we see now. Uh, so we'll, we'll have to, you know, maybe play this game again in a, in a few weeks. And when it dwindles down, we know we're going to lose at least one this weekend because we do have that one game that is a un, uh, that we do have that one game that is unbeaten versus unbeaten Kansas at Texas, but, uh, Kyler, any other big games that you're looking forward to? I mean, Notre Dame, Duke, I know we talked about that game. I think Alabama goes on the road, plays Mississippi State. That should be interesting. LSU goes to Ole Miss. That also should be interesting. Uh, I know we've, we've also talked Florida, Kentucky already, but any other games that you want to talk about um, before we get to our six-pack as well as the Georgia game? No, I think that we've kind of hit on all the games that, that we're really interested in. You know, we've talked about Duke, Notre Dame, Tennessee, South Carolina is one that kind of pops off the page to me. I'm surprisingly for myself, not that interested in LSU Ole Miss. Um, just, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I'm not, not really sold on either one of those teams. Um, I'll, I'll still, you know, be checking in see what's going on there, but it uh, doesn't really grab my attention, um, like some of these other games, like Utah, Oregon State. Um, but, but, yeah, I think we've kind of covered all, all the really important ones, um, you, know, you know, in the top 25 at least. Well, Kyler, we're going to move on to our betting six-pack. Last week we did go 3-2-1. and one. Uh, It really was Rutgers that, uh, that got the tie. We did – we picked Army. Uh, I believe they were uh, plus – uh, 16, and I think it was an 11 point game. Picked FSU minus two and a half. They won in overtime. Hey, a win's a win. Maryland minus seven and a half. They won like 39 7. Uh, the losses we picked NC State minus eight and a half. Uh, and NC State barely squeaked by UVA on Friday night, which I, I don't know what that says for, for NC State. And then the other team, BYU, who uh, it was not it was not pretty in their game against Kansas. Kansas came out and really kind of took hold of that game, and and it was a pretty dominating win for Kansas. Uh, no no other way to put it. So uh, got to say what we got to say. Oh, Kyler was saying no, it definitely wasn't. It was a closer game than you think. 
It, it was it was a very close game. Um, you know, the majority of the game, in fact, I think that BYU might have been leading in the fourth quarter at some point. You might have to, to double-check me on that. But, but yeah, I was, um, you know, pretty impressed with them up until these kind of late turnovers that kind of kind of ruined it for them. But, um, yeah, no, God, the Jayhawks did what they had to do. That's what good teams do. Um, you know, they end up winning when, you know, the, the game is on the line and they come out and, and perform well. But, but yeah, I mean, it was a it was, it was a pretty uh, you know good game. I mean, I, it was uh, yeah third quarter they were winning. Um, I'm pretty sure, but but yeah, it was I think it was the tail of two halves there. Um, I mean, BYU was definitely up at the end of the half, um, and then you know Kansas started to to get their their defense involved uh, in the second half. They had that 30 yard uh, interception return that that kind of changed the tide of the game a little bit, but. Um, it was a valiant effort, and, and you know I'm pretty sure that they would have covered. I mean, there was a late field goal by by Kansas to um, you know put us out of reach to to cover on that game. So um, I thought that BYU put together a good effort, but in the in the end, just wasn't enough um, to stick around with Kansas. So, um, but yeah, tough loss for us. Um, took that one on the chin for sure. All right. Well, I, I guess I, I do stand somewhat corrected, although that NC State game, uh, you know, that was not a good pick. Not a good pick. So we had I think we have five good picks and one really not good pick. Um, and, and, you know, as you look at, they, you know, BYU is minus nine. So it was an eight point game until that about a minute left. And then they kicked that field goal. So, hey, that's what changed the game. Army, it was pretty close to that line. Uh, FSU, obviously, with overtime, you know, barely squeaked by, and and Rutgers right on the nose at twenty four. So, uh, yeah, those those odds makers, they seem to know the odds. Uh, all right, it's crazy. And also that uh, that Michigan game, there was a pick six that kind of um, screwed the spread up for us there too. But um, nonetheless, you know, the, the odds makers know about these little screw ups, I guess, and, and within the game and and you know set their lines accordingly but um but yeah we're gonna get them next week we're gonna we're gonna go we're gonna go over 500 uh this week i'm feeling it i'm feeling it too i'm feeling it too uh and le- and with that said we're gonna go ahead and just get into it uh we've got syracuse six and a half point fate or point dogs at home against clemson we're gonna take them Kansas Jayhawks, we picked against them last week. We're picking for them this week. They go on the road to play at DKR Texas. Maybe a look-ahead game for Texas. Texas is Oklahoma next week. So um, a lot that they've got uh, a little tough stretch for Texas, the bottom line is. And so uh, we're taking Kansas 16.5-point dogs. Uh, It's too many points, we think. Washington. 18-point favorites on the road to Arizona. We're taking Washington. Uh, South Carolina, 11.5-point road dogs at Tennessee. Honestly, Kyler and I both think that South Carolina might just straight up pull that upset. So we're going SC. And then finally, Maryland, minus 14 at home against Virginia. Or against Virginia, excuse me. They've already played and beaten Virginia. Talking about Indiana. Uh, Indiana, not, I think that they're they might go bowl and be bowl eligible. Honestly, I don't think that they're terrible, but I think Maryland's pretty good, and I think this might be the year that they finally you know get over the hump and actually get you know nine ten win season. And so 
due to that, we're going with them. Uh, anything you want to add to those six games, Kyler? Um, I mean, yeah, definitely excited to see, you know, Syracuse, Clemson. I think that, um, you know, Syracuse is one of those teams that, uh, yeah, they, they, they're obviously undefeated, but um, not, not quite sure on the level of competition. So that one should be interesting. And, and you know, whether or not, you know, Clemson can you know, bounce back from such a, you know, close game um, last week with Florida State. Kansas, Texas. I mean that that's that's going to be primetime TV. I think people are kind of sleeping on Kansas still, even though they, you know, have that perfect record. Their defense is out there making incredible plays. So um, that that should be good TV right there. South Carolina, Tennessee. Um, super excited about that one. Um, I think that when South Carolina won last year, that was maybe my favorite game of the year, even over the national championship. Um, you know, Hendon Hooker, you know, went down um, and ended up beating those guys real good. So, um, yeah, go, go Cox. And then, uh, Washington be interesting to see if Michael Penix and his squad can continue the, the thrashings that they've been giving out, um, this year. So those are the games that I'm kind of pumped about out of our betting six pack. And I think everybody should pay a little bit of attention to. Well, I didn't name one game, Kyler. I guess it's the betting five pack because the last time, the last one that we're going to bet on are the dogs. We're going minus 14 and a half at Auburn. And we don't always bet on the dogs, but we just feel like this week, this is a tantalizing line. And I know that some folks feel like maybe Auburn's going to make this a closer game than expected, but I I don't know. You want to go into it a little bit why you don't think that Auburn has a chance against a Skyler? Well, I mean, I saw them perform very poorly last week against uh, Texas A&M, against Texas A&M's backup quarterback. Um, don't truly look at Max Johnson as a you know, backup backup, but that's either here nor there. You know, he's, uh, he's played a lot of SEC football in his day. But, um, yeah, Evan Stewart was able to get loose deep down the field. Um, and I don't think that we have a single receiver on the roster who is Evan Stewart, but uh, I think that we're, we're going to get some shots down the field. Um, I think we're going to play with that tempo that you talked about um, in the beginning of the game. Hopefully that's successful. Um, I do have my questions with whether or not we're going to be able to pull that off or not at the beginning of the game. Just it's a pretty intense atmosphere out there. Does, you know, does Carson have the, um, does he have the, enough control of the offense to be able to run with that kind of tempo and play fast and not not be thinking so much, right? Um, so it'll be interesting to see if we're able to successfully do that, see if we're able to do some of these, you know, um, you know, pre-snap motions that we've been putting into the playbook last week. Don't know if the crowd noise will affect some of that. So um, definitely want to see if we continue to progress the offense after such a good week last week. But um, I, I feel like we're going to have a strong game. Um, I feel like the, the passing game, where this is going to be – Carson Beck's best game of the, of the year. And that's saying a lot because he's had, I think, three solid games um, this year. So, um, you know, or four solid games. So I'm excited to, to see, um, you know, that offense in action. You know, hopefully we get to see a little bit of Lad McConkey. You know, heard that he's uh, back to practicing with the team. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, that's really what I'll be watching. Will we be, will we be able to, you know, stop Auburn's run game? I really don't think that um, – that either one of the quarterbacks, Peyton Thorne or um, kind of drawing a blank on the uh, the other kid's name from uh, from who, Robbie Robbie Ashford, yeah, Robbie Ashford, the the baseball player and football player. But 
he, uh, you know, credible athlete, both of them are great athletes, but I don't think either one of them are going to successfully be able to beat us with their arms. And, you know, they do kind of match up nicely with us, um, you know, being that we're a little bit down on the inside right now. Um, and, and if they can pound the rock and, and you know, be successful at that, they're going to put themselves in positions to, you know, have some scoring drives. So, um, but, you know, end of the day, I do, I do see us kind of running away with this. We're just way more talented than this Auburn team. Um, and, I, and I think that the, our offense really puts on a show um, down on the plains this weekend. But you never really know. This is, uh, you know, it, it is Jordan Hare Stadium. And there's a lot of voodoo that goes on up in there. So um, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, ho- hopefully we, we can we have reversed the curse at this point. Um, I know that, you know, we had a really good game there last time that we played at Auburn. So. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for this game. Um, it's always good to go against, you know, a border rival like, like Auburn and, and, you know, just, just a lot of tradition there. So, um, hopefully everybody's got their popcorn ready and, you know, ready to watch a dog victory this weekend. Yeah, Tyler, I agree. Um, there's a crazy statistic that I want to say, and you talk about the voodoo, but we've honestly, other than a couple times have played pretty well there since 2006 since since i was in school uh we since both us were in school since i kind of started my love affair with georgia and georgia was i believe down in the series at the time by like two or three games now we lead the series 63 to 56 with eight ties thrown in there just crazy how we flipped this series and have really made it a georgia dominant series in the past you know decade and and change now auburn's had a couple big victories over us but as i've told you in the past i i don't think that this year is the year for for freeze to really take it to that next level i do think that auburn's going to get there under you freeze i do think that auburn's going to be a dangerous team really maybe even starting next year but i think this year is um, is just, you know, they're going to be playing with house money, which on some level does make them dangerous because they are not untalented. So we better bring our A game. But I do think, I think we've been waiting for a game like this, Kyler, to really kind of sink our teeth in, be on the road, face some adversity. And yes, we face some adversity in the South Carolina game, but I don't know, you know, actually face some real adversity uh, and, and, you know, in the form of fans, uh, and so, yeah, I think we're ready to play. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give you my prediction, say 38-17. What about yourself? Ooh, I like that. I like that. I'm going to go with, I mean, we, we like being around that 48-49 number. Uh, I think that we're going to stick to that this weekend. Um, I'm going to go 48 to, I'm going to go 14. 48-13 or 14. 14. 14. 48-14. I love it, Kyler. I love it. All right, Kyler. Well, I think we basically have wrapped things up, but any final thoughts that you want to reflect upon the listeners before we get out of here tonight? Yeah, I just want to, you know, tell dog fans to, you know, be patient. Um, You know, this is a a process creating national championship teams. You know, we've seen the dogs have lulls in the middle of the season, um, you know, we're, we're going on the road. It's a different atmosphere over there, um, you know, in Auburn. And so, you know, we're, we're going to have to get used to that kind of crowd noise and everything with a new quarterback. So, you know, if we don't get off to the hard, you know, the hottest start, just know that, you know, 
there's probably some nerves there with Carson Beck, not to not to freak out, but um, I do think that he's going to successfully overcome those nerves and that um, he's going to come out with a really good game um, against Auburn. And, you know, he's going to be someone we're all going to be proud to call our quarterback. Um, you know, hopefully we can start, you know, having some pride in, in Carson Beck as a, um, as a whole fan base um, after this week. Um, that's kind of what, what I, what I want to come out of this, uh, this game against Auburn. Agreed. Uh, I think that, you know, I want to, I want to hear Carson Beck, the baller, not Carson Beck, the game manager. And I think he has been balling out. I mean, you look at his stats, he's been putting up almost 300 plus yards a game, but some people just want the world and you have to convince them of, you know, the, the, you know, people weren't sold on sets of Bennett after a national title. What else do you want? You know, like, uh, I, I, I feel like some of the same the same hater and doubt exist, and I get it. As a Georgia fan, uh, there is good reason maybe historically to believe that. But now, hey, we're, we're back-to-back national championships and, and let it ride. Uh, and I'll also say that to the recruiting trail too. I think some people get tied up in the NIL and some of that, and like Georgia's going to get ours. That's, you know, we're going to get ours, y'all. Don't worry about it. Just focus on us, 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 us. All right, Kyler, for Kyler Carr, I am Matt Kerr. This has been the Dogs on Top, even on Bottom Podcast. Check us out on Instagram, the underscore D-O-T-E-O-B. You can also follow us, get our podcasts anywhere that you get podcasts. And we're just going to ride out, as we always do, go dogs. Go dogs.